0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: In this week's episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast, we talk about our favorite flavors of ice cream, what's happened with the baseball team since we last recorded, the basketball players that were drafted in the NBA draft, and our first look into the 2018 football season. The 23 Personnel Podcast starts right now. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. We are back. We took a two-week break there. Sorry about that, everybody. Unexpected kind of a family emergency. Now, I feel like I, I, we need to explain that a little bit. Uh, just because there's no warning, obviously, and we didn't give any explanation why we did it. but um, So my birthday was June 9th. Uh, it was the Saturday of the Super Regionals while we were hosting Duke NCAA Tournament. Good day. My, um, my stepdad and my mom were at an engagement party for uh, my cousin in the Dallas area. He just got engaged. Um, and my, my stepdad's been sick, and he's been in and out of the hospital lately, but um, he actually went into cardiac arrest Saturday night. Um, I ended up flying out to Dallas Sunday morning to kind of spend time with him and, um, you know, support my mom and kind of be there if and when my stepdad was to wake up. Unfortunately, he never did. He ended up having too much brain damage from his cardiac arrest. Uh, Obviously, they were able to restart his heart, but he wasn't able to be taken off the machines, and... Luckily, he and my mom had already had that discussion that that was not how he wanted to <laughs> to live. So it wasn't my mom's decision. She was grateful for that. That was his. Um, so we called all the family in, and we we were with him when he passed. And um, you know, we're, we're obviously we're we're gonna miss him, right? Because he's my my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and my mom would have celebrated their 18th wedding anniversary two days ago. Um, so he he ended up dying last Friday the fifteenth. I was up, I was up at the hospital basically. Uh, Sunday when I got there, I flew in, through Friday when he passed away. So six or seven, whatever that is, six days straight. Um, that week is a blur. It, like it didn't feel like it went very fast, and realized that's all we did that week. We got up, we got dressed, went to the hospital, ate breakfast, lunch, dinner, stayed there till nine thirty or ten, came home, mm-hmm. went to sleep, woke up and did the same thing the next day did that for six days
0: in a row um, that week went by really fast <laughs> well and it'll wear on you too you know it'll go by fast but like you said you'll you'll be done with the week and you'll it won't feel like it was that long ago yeah
1: so like I said um, you know I'm not quite 30 yet and he and my mom were, were married for 18 years so he was uh, my dad the greater part of my life my my parents my biological dad and my mom got divorced when I was three. Um, so I spent weekends with him, um, you know, for several years. Then as I got older, we just kind of separated and grew apart and he ended up moving down to the Austin area. So I didn't see him very much after that anyways, but, um, you know, he was, my stepdad was more my dad than my my biological dad. So, you know, obviously it was, it was hard to let him go, but that was not our decision. It wasn't a decision to be made really. Um, the, the, physician actually said he probably actually died on Saturday when he went into cardiac arrest and um, through the advances of of modern medicine they were able to restart his heart and everything but um, just wasn't going to recover from that and we're we're okay with that we're at peace um, knowing that he's not in in pain or not suffering or anything so that's why we were gone for two weeks Um, we're actually going back to Dallas tomorrow night Uh, the funeral service will be on Friday um be back on Monday, so probably not miss another week of the podcast. I don't know because next week's a holiday. We'll need to figure that out, but <laughs> yeah. But that's why I went, wanted to give you guys a little bit of an uh, update of why we were gone for two weeks. Um, you know, family things happen, and Michael was gracious enough to say, "Don't worry about the podcast, man. Go be with your family."
0: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I really uh, you know I really extended the longest of all of branches on that. Um, but I, I, I mean, think
1: probably the biggest thing is he didn't want to do the podcast by
0: himself. <laughs> no, there's <laughs> no way that y'all would, y'all would hate it. It would just be me talking about, uh, what I ate that week. It'd be like a food diary and that would be all it would be. Um, Spencer, glad to have you back. Uh, I know that's tough. I know it's gotta be really tough for all of this to happen in such a short time. And, uh, I was really thinking about you while you're gone, but appreciate it. Glad you're back. Um, and, Lots of things um, have happened since I left. Yeah, there's been a lot of been a lot of things going on. Maybe you, you know, caught some of it on the old Twitter or the on the Twitter, yes, on the on the handheld device. Um, well, I think yeah, one of the
1: biggest things that happened was um, summer started, right? Oh. The first day of summer was a couple days ago.
0: With a vengeance, my gosh! We went to a thing on Sunday, and my truck said that it was 109, and I thought, oh, that's ridiculous. Got to but I checked the weather and it wasn't ridiculous. Yeah, it was like 106 was the official <laughs> temp. I thought, okay, well, I, I guess that's not too far off. Um, but yeah, it's it's here, man. Yesterday was a weird, random, cool day, but.
1: It was really nice. I, I was telling Samantha, I was like, yeah. if we can figure out how to get a summer where the highs only get to 90, yeah, we've done only something Only right. 90,
0: with some cloud cover. It, it, was, was it was
1: weird. And then, of course, today was back to 100 degrees, and dumb me, I was out in the yard working today. Which we'll talk about later in our everybody's favorite segment, going yard.
0: I know I've actually got something to contribute to the going yard segment this this <laughs> uh, this week.
1: But um, now that it's it's officially summer, everybody, um, you know, there's there's a, a, a favorite treat to to cool everybody off in the summer. Everybody, I don't think it's just a summer treat, but uh, we're talking about ice cream. Um, yes. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast before in terms of like favorite flavors or anything, but I kind of don't think we have. We probably I it's it's not something that we can't repeat anyways.
0: Yeah, I'm sure everyone would would enjoy talking ice cream when it's so 103.
1: W- what what's what's your favorite ice cream, Michael?
0: Okay. I've got I've got I've got to give you s- two answers. Um the reason I thought of, I thought this might be a good thing to to mention was because um I finally tried bluebells well not finally I had it's not that new or that old but they have the chocolate peanut butter cookie dough ice cream that's their mm-hmm. one of their newer ones and I bought it on Saturday and um, I have enough for one more small bowl and today <laughs> is Tuesday so that one's probably it's by quickly yeah that one's pretty high on the list and I was surprised by that because I'm not a huge cookie dough ice cream person but I think the fact that it was like it's basically peanut butter ice cream with bits of chocolate in it and then the pieces of cookie dough in it and it's just wonderful like usually when I would eat a bowl I would get seconds and I don't know if I've ever really done that (laughs) so all that to say it's probably up there but my favorite is An extremely bland one to most people, and they don't get it, but cherry vanilla. Bluebell's cherry vanilla.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh. <sighs> That's not
0: just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes.
1: Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Oh. mm mm Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah,
0: Vanilla is my favorite ice cream. Okay. That's all it is. It's <laughs> vanilla with maraschino cherries in it. And it's simple and perfect and great. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I, it's not bad. I don't. Yeah. You're okay with it. I'm okay with it you won't <laughs> that's that's better th- that's a better reaction than I get from a lot of people they're like cherry vanilla ooh. and my wife doesn't even it's like better maraschino than just vanilla. cherries well I do like vanilla I like like the the homemade or the homestyle or vanilla bean or the ones that have a little more substance to, to them yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the yeah Allison she's not even into the maraschino cherries at all so she doesn't and she doesn't like vanilla that much either so she's completely baffled by my favorite ice cream
1: Nice. So I'm not much of an ice cream person.
0: Um, I will eat it if
1: Samantha fixes a bowl for us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I won't turn it down.
0: I will eat anything if someone fixes a bowl for me. But I'm
1: not. I'm not gonna go out of my way to like pick out something special at the store or go through the effort of of you know dishing up a bowl for myself. But what we've been doing lately, uh, when we get ice cream, I've been mean, going back and forth, and we usually get uh, uh, Walmart Great Value brand. Um, But it's we've been going back and forth between like fudge tracks and peanut butter tracks.
0: Oh, any sort of track. Yeah, I'm 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 on board with the track. Yeah, Blue Bunny makes something. Everybody has something.
1: Yeah, it's it started with uh, moose tracks and grasshopper
0: tracks, whatever.
1: Yep. And then everybody started expanding it. But the one that we get, like I said, fudge tracks. It's a chocolate ice cream has a fudge ribbon in it. So they figured out how to get a ribbon of fudge in the ice cream, and then peanut butter cups, like little mini Reese's cups in it. Um. Yeah. And then the peanut butter tracks is a basically a peanut butter version of it. It's peanut butter flavored ice cream with a peanut butter ribbon, Ch- chocolate shavings almost like like little chips almost, but not like like a like the chip that you would consider like in a chocolate chip cookie, and then peanut butter cups. Okay, what was
0: that one called again? Because you're gonna think I'm lying, but I'm writing this down. Peanut butter cups or no peanut butter tracks? Peanut butter tracks, and it's at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I, I, think, I think Walmart
1: actually went into, started using like, trying to be clever and started using clever names like Ben and Jerry's, but um, let me see. We're going to type and you're all going to hear us banging on the keyboards. But uh,
0: we're, we're, We've gotten, you know, we've gotten some good ice creams from, um, you know, Walmart or wherever. I, I am no ice cream snob by any means. Um, okay, I think, so the... I Blue Bunny's been good, you know, especially when uh Bluebell did their thing. We we would do we'd have some blue money. We'd had some Tillamook and it was it was all right. Um but man, that sounds great because it's I'm not crazy about chocolate ice cream. I can kind of do without chocolate ice cream, but peanut butter cream. I'm not ice a cream. big chocolate fan. Me neither. Like, I mean, it's it's okay. I like it fine, but cuz uh, I I think that I was a topic we
1: had if we could only save chocolate or cheese, what would we save? Oh, cheese, obviously. Oh, cheese hands down.
0: Well, and there was another one where it was like um I think it was foods that, foods that most people like that, you know that we don't really care for. And mine was mint chocolate chip, ice cream. I, I have yeah. no use for that. <laughs> but,
1: All right. So uh, the the actual names of these flavors. It's peanut butter, b u t t a. Oh boy. Tracks, and then ah uh, fudge tracks. Okay. Those peanut two, butter. butter, and then ah uh, fudge tracks. Okay. Anyways. Alright, the other thing that we've missed since our last recording Baseball season has ended Like I said, last time I was um, Before we recorded Sorry After our last recording We had just finished the regionals Where Tech advanced Um, It may have been Yes, it was We had already found out that Tech was going to host the Super Regional against Duke Yes, I think it was that day
0: It was either that day or the day after
1: yeah, so think back to the day we found out we were going to host Duke in a super regional, and be like, "Man, that's that's the last time the twenty three personnel podcast graced us with their presence."
0: I know <laughs> everyone's probably reminiscing about all the all the things they've done since then, and how they wish they could have told us all about it, and how we would have talked about it. Man, just everybody's wondering our opinions on all these things.
1: Yeah. So obviously, tech advance from super regionals. End up beating Duke uh, two games to one in that three-game series. Um, had a head-scratcher there the second game. Same kind of thing happened in in Oklahoma City and in Omaha. Second game, you just get blown out. You're like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, we're not, we're not going to talk about Omaha yet. Um, so Super Regionals, you, you did pretty well. You advanced. It was a lot of fun. I went to... Uh, one of those games. Well, the started was on your a birthday, Saturday, right? It started on a Saturday. Yeah, went so to that if, game. Yeah, and then I left the next morning to go to Dallas. Watch the other two games in Dallas. Um, super fun, super regional. <laughs> um, so Tech makes it to Omaha the third time in five years. Seems like every every odd year, or no, sorry, every even year they make it. You know, they went 14, 16, now 18. You get to Omaha, you do really well the first game. you take down the number one seed Florida. Um, with one of the dealt- best
0: pitchers in the nation.
1: Yeah, you, you kind of you stood your ground, you outlasted him.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: You know he was he was dominant through the first five ish innings and then he got got to face Cameron Warren. One at-bat, and he went 14 pitches at that at-bat, and then just everything fell apart. So way to go, Cameron Warren. Yep. Even though your at-bat ended with like a soft line-out, <laughs> after that you kind of you, you broke him down. Um, your next game was against Arkansas? Yes. Yes. Got blown out against Arkansas. Uh, it happens. They were super hot.
0: Um, well, we didn't do too well against them earlier in the year. Yeah, and anyway, that was a
1: midweek series.
0: Um, second game got canceled.
1: Well, they canceled because of the rain. They're like, we've already got our one win. Let's not put it in jeopardy.
0: <laughs> oh, that's true. It was only 5-1 to one loss on that game. That, yeah. Well, I mean... You know, at the first of the year, or in the middle of the year, but...
1: Yeah. And you can take a little bit away from that saying, you know, Arkansas is now playing for the national championship, you know, I think the first game that series started tonight It got delayed um so you losing them <laughs> Wait a not minute. the end of the world it got delayed yeah the, the first game was supposed to be last night and it well, got rained crazy. out
0: that's crazy that's crazy i can't Cause believe cuz everything
1: it. in in baseball the season's <laughs> getting
0: stretched out i mean omaha has just been a tropical storm basically for the last 2 weeks yeah
1: man it was like every other every day there was some kind of weather delay weather related delay and there's a Tech game that got delayed that took, took away, would have been a day of rest had you won the Florida game, um, the second Florida game. You played them, ended up losing. That was a frustrating game. <laughs>
0: yes, it was. In, in
1: that you um, you gave up some runs early, you got down kind of big, and then you clawed back like seventh, eighth, and ninth innings like you were putting a bunch of, no, seventh and eighth, you put three runs each. and that inning, ninth inning, you went kind of quietly, but you ended up Leaving the bases loaded three different times in that game. So yep. nine time, to- like nine innings, you go to bat. Obviously, three of them you end with the bases juiced. So your timely hitting that you've been able to count on all season kind of petered out there. It happens because Florida, while you did beat them the first time, still a number one seed, still a great talented baseball team. They had several first round draft picks on their team. It happens. Not that I'm like justifying or writing it off, but any season that ends in Omaha was a great season, especially when you consider Tech was projected to compete for a national championship and then lost four of its projected top pitchers before they even yeah. did anything. They lost, you know, Stephen Gingery, Erickson Lanning, um, Parker—I think is his first name—Parker McDonald, and then Clayton Beater. So four pitchers that you were heavily going to count on this year they're all gone the only pitched for you and he pitched 19 pitches he threw 19 pitches
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, so you kind of expected you know you're, you're disappointed there and you kind of like well we'll see what we can do this year there was a time there towards the later part of the middle part of the season where you're like you know I don't think this team can make it end up you know getting to the the regional you do really well there um, super regional. You continue that hot streak. You're like, wow, okay, we battled through it. We made it back to Omaha. This is amazing. And, you know, everybody's season ends, like, of the, of the eight teams that go to Omaha, all eight of them end their season there, right? Yep. And only one, one team <laughs> ends on a win. So you were, I think, the third team eliminated. So you weren't the first team. I think you ended up, like, in the fifth. You were the fifth team standing. Um If you want to go into that, but like when you consider some of the other spring sports, basketball included, you had a handful of sports finish their season and their respective top eights. Just an unbelievable spring sports season all the way around. Um, Back to baseball, you had lots of guys drafted. Uh, They've all kind of slowly been announcing. I say slowly, I think yesterday you had like three or four of them announced all at once, they were gone. Well, you had guys like seniors saying thank you, but um, I think the only guys you're waiting on now to announce if they're going to go to the draft at this point or, sorry, to accept their offers from the draft are Davis Martin and Caleb Killian. Surprisingly, everybody else was either a junior and has accepted or is a senior and they were going to be gone anyways.
0: Yeah, um, it's a long list of guys. Um, Labar had a great post if y'all haven't been to Staking the Plains uh, in the last couple days, but on Tuesday he had a really good post kind of wrapping up the baseball season and kind of outlining what Spencer was just talking about and just the names of the guys that will no longer be on the team in one form or another. You've got Grant Little, Gingrie, Shedder, cazada Martin, Harpinall, Killian, Farhat, Davis, Dushek, Reams, Lopez, and Mason Montgomery. So that's a, there's a lot of those names that were... Pretty instrumental in getting these guys where they did this year, and seeing them. And I correct me if I'm wrong, Spencer, but this is the first year they've won in Omaha, right? They, they this well, is the first a, time they won a game.
1: No, it's the second. Like in 2016, they, they beat Florida. Okay, but it was their second game. This okay, is the so first the first time, time they won, they won their,
0: their first. Gotcha.
1: So winning the first game in these double elimination brackets is huge. Yes. it sets you up like okay now you have to get beaten twice in a row and you did but much better position than to lose a first game and then have to be fighting back the whole time yeah um just one only game team away. that only team that was able to come like overcome a loss and the double elimination was Oregon state and they've been in the top two three all season Florida couldn't um they end up getting beaten by Arkansas who was two or three and oh I can't remember
0: I think it's 3-0. Um, I think that I saw a stat. I think it said on ESPN 34 of the last 37 teams to win the World Series won the first game. So it's pretty important to win that first game. And that was, means, so that was really nice to see when we did it.
1: Yeah, which means he, Arkansas was the team that won the first game between the two teams that are playing for national championship now. Yep, (laughs) you would think they've got a pretty good shot. Obviously winning this first game is going to be huge because in Omaha you've got two 14 brackets for a double elimination and then they play a best of three series. So they start the three games tonight. You win the first game, obviously you just need one more. Um, Wish Texas Tech was in that position, still playing, but not going to be too disappointed finishing the season in Omaha. Just wish your... Uh, Your offense had stayed hot. That's a really defense and pitcher-friendly ballpark. Balls don't really travel that well. Um, The corners in the right and left field corners are considerably deeper than they are in Lubbock. So a lot of home runs you had over those in Lubbock were falling into the right and left fielder's mitts in Omaha. It happens. Yeah. after that, or I guess in the, in the middle of that, the NBA draft happened. Texas yeah. had their first one-in done. You want to t- tell us about that, Michael?
0: Yeah, uh, Zaire Smith, he was charted to go all sorts of places. Um, no one really knew where he was going to end up, and um, he ended up getting picked 16th by Phoenix, and then I think immediately almost traded to the Sixers. And I'm not sure what Phoenix gave up. I don't care because Phoenix is terrible. But the Sixers, that could be a really great fit for Smith. Um, he's got some some good guys out there that he can he can learn from. There, you know, the process of course is there. Uh, so if he ever gets any in any sort of Instagram that, or Twitter is, beef, the process that, will shut that, it down. Is that Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? That's Embiid. Embiid yeah. is definitely the process. <laughs> and then Simmons is there. Uh, I think it was JJ the rookie Reddick's of the year in his second year in the league. Yeah, because he didn't get to play his first, being injured. That's stupid. It's red shirt. He just just red. He was a red shirt rookie. Um, but I I, I think uh, I didn't read any of it because I didn't want to. But apparently, a lot of the Sixers fans were really upset about it, and they didn't think it was a good pick. Uh, well, because I think they'll be they proven the wrong. Guy,
1: <laughs> that, that, I, didn't they want the guy that the Sixers originally like they drafted and then traded?
0: I don't even know. I just he was that read, guy you know, that was,
1: wanted to be with his mom and they were like, "You won't be with his mom." I was like, "Okay, first off, he's a professional basketball player for the NBA. If his mom wants to be at a game, I'm sure he can afford it."
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, Not he can get him there.
0: Deal. And Zaire uh, Smith, I don't know if you saw this too. Uh I think Dan and a couple other guys kind of connected the dots on Twitter before some other people did that he is signing with Puma shoes.
1: Which is interesting,
0: and the and the reason I think that that got all brought about was because uh, Jay Z is I think president of basketball operations or whatever you want to call it at Puma, and Jay Z's talent agency is who represents Zaire Smith, so kind of got well, a built-in
1: shoe deal there. Yeah,
0: we're gonna have us uh <laughs> we're gonna get us some some Z's, some uh, Zaire Smith Pumas, uh, coming in the next. I guess, year. I'm not sure. I'm not sure when they'd come out.
1: I'm I'm sorry, Zaire Smith. I'm not a tennis shoe guy. I don't wear tennis shoes. Last pair of tennis shoes I purchased, um, six years ago, maybe. (laughs) I still have them. And they're actually really, they're really neat. They were like, um, a mesh bodied under armor kind of athletic shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Except with them being mesh and kind of thin, they've kind of like torn up and they're just about to fall apart.
0: But they were really breathable, and they felt yeah. good when the wind would yeah, blow I'm through. Great. And
1: um, I wear either dress shoes for work, boots, or snooks, which are little canvas slip-on shoes.
0: Yeah. I feel like we, you might have, I don't know if you were in on this, but we talked about this quite a bit in our Slack chat, uh, and that's me too. Like I, I will make a pair of tennis shoes last four five years. It's no big deal. Because I wear either either uh, dress shoes or boots to work, and by dress shoes I wear a comfy pair of Skechers. That's that's how cool I am. I go with I go with I've got like three pairs of Skechers now. One of them are actually tennis shoes, but but yeah, I mean if we're talking basketball shoes, gosh, I was telling them I don't think I've bought basketball shoes since I was in middle school because once I got to high school they would give them to you if you made the team. And so I don't I don't think I ever bought any beyond that and they are so foreign looking to me now. I think I would look like the biggest dweeb 35-year-old man trying to wear these basketball shoes around just to go get a burger from They're inside the place.
1: <laughs> and because I have so little exposure to them, they like to me this is going to sound bad. To me they all look so similar. And I yeah. don't understand paying $300 for a pair of Tennis shoes, now dress shoes or boots that have like really nice leather and stuff. I can understand that, but like
0: Jordans, they're like pleather. Yeah, <laughs> you have just gotta. You, I don't. When I, don't when I, I, don't when I look at tennis shoes, because uh, probably the oldest pair of tennis shoes I have right now is it's probably ten, they're probably ten years old, and I use them to mow in, and that's that's kind of my that's kind of my filter when I buy tennis shoes every three years or whatever. I'm like, can I see myself (laughs) mowing in them in a decade? (laughs) Is this going to be, am I going to hate myself that I spent $197 for this pair of shoes that I will no doubt eventually graduate to just mowing and weed eating and, you know, whatever random thing. If I need to take the trash out and it's been raining and it's muddy. All right. I go grab my, my my LeBrons and go to the the alley can I live with that I'm like yeah I can live with that with all these shoes I'm sure people
1: that are like shoe people are cringing
0: oh I know I know I'm I the thi- same way though I think Dan's a shoe person he's probably listening to this like gosh you guys have no <laughs> no no sense of style or <laughs> anything and I I mean I admit it I don't uh, luckily I live in Texas and cowboy boots are are pretty normal and you can get them resold and they'll last forever so yep um that's that was, that's that's been a, that's been an interesting development. We may be faced with trying to buy some pumas later.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that was an interesting um tangent we went on there talking yeah. about basketball
0: players <laughs> going to being drafted.
1: Um so Keenan Evans and Zach Smith were both both picked up um I guess in the like the NBA equivalency of like a undrafted free agent. I, I couldn't tell I you think. what
0: yeah, I don't even I don't I think it was past the Evans might have gotten picked in one of the late rounds, but I couldn't tell you. I, I should have looked that up. But he Evans and Zach is, Smith are
1: both on a team. Yep,
0: they're, they're on like, summer teams.
1: Keenan Evans is with, with Golden State. Uh, Zach Smith is with uh, the Hawks in Atlanta. Playing professional basketball here in America for the NBA. Yep. Great deal. Like Again, when you think about the beginning of the season, did you think you'd have three players from your team end up in the NBA? Probably yeah. not.
0: And did you think you are going to
1: have – 11 baseball players drafted? Probably oh not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so. it's it's been a good spring. It's been a spring, late summer. Yep.
1: And unfortunately, because of all that success and now all those teams have now ended their seasons, next one on deck is football. So everybody's attention is going to turn to that.
0: <laughs> Womp.
1: Womp. Of course, that's where we're headed now. Um, couldn't tell. We're super pumped about this 2018 season
0: so much uncertainty it's
1: it's so <laughs> nerve-wracking so let's let's start with a couple of, of good things i guess you you picked up some transfers um an oregon state receiver slash quarterback i uh, hope play receiver for you um and then a defensive tackle from rice both committed to you both made it on campus or on the spring roster that was released yesterday or today so that's good news um yep you know, after losing all that production at receiver, um, since our last podcast, you've lost a starting receiver. Quan Shorts was kicked off the team, and then he announced he was he got his release. So it's like I don't know if he like they allowed him to make that statement to kind of better the situation publicly. A little PR twist there, but
0: yeah, maybe one of those. You know, instead of instead of being fired, you were you resigned. Forcefully, Which
1: is interesting because like Don Williams was like, Quan Shorts kicked off the team.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was no ifs, ands, or buts. It was completely that's what it was, and it was pretty immediate. I, I think I almost saw some, I feel like depending on when you scrolled through Twitter when all that happened, when he got arrested and stuff, that um, I think I saw some tweets the exact same in the same news feed that Quan uh, Shorts kicked off the team. Quan Shorts arrested. You know they were like they were backwards yeah. because it just all was that fast. I think Kingsbury must have told somebody pretty quickly that that was it. Well, the thing was he
1: was involved in that um, that nightclub incident earlier this, this year. Yep. Um, he was probably was given that like you've got one more strike type thing.
0: Super shortly,
1: I'd imagine. Yeah. And then same off season gets arrested for. Possession or whatever it was. I don't, I don't know. Don't really care. Yeah, he respect,
0: was. But you know, you, you don't want to. Okay, he broke the rules. Uh, we can broke debate on. Yeah, and broke the law. and We can debate on whether that law, and the, <laughs> whether that law is worth enforcing. Uh, I'm leaning against no, but that doesn't change the facts that he did, and either he got ratted out or somebody. Um, You know, somebody was concerned, but you know, if you get arrested, what what was it It like? Like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it was like. (laughs) What were you doing in your own apartment? I think I think he was in his own apartment. I mean, he's not hurting anybody, but I I get it. I you've got to you've got to be conscious of of what that kind of thing can cost you when you're a D one athlete, whether it's truly fair in the scheme of things or not. So
1: yeah, I, I I would say this kind of reflects back on on, on Kingsbury and his um, reputation for no nonsense and kind of trying to do everything the right way, for better or worse. You know, you've heard that a lot since he started that he was going to do this the right way. There were some kind of questionable things with like now I'm blanking on them, but there were some like why is he still here? But then you get a, a situation like this. Oh, with um, Jet Duffy.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, when he was cleared by the the school, I think that was Kingsbury's stance on that originally. That he was going to let the school do the investigation, and depending on what they found, he was going to side with them. Or, you know,
1: right. Um, And then you get this, where you know he allowed him to stay on after the spring incident, the early spring incident. Um, Probably said that was your last shot. If you do anything else, you're gone. Gets arrested and, and you know obviously very quickly was removed from the team.
0: <laughs> yeah, very immediately.
1: So uh, gives a guy like Seth Collins, the Oregon State transfer, just that much more opportunity to make a name for himself here in, in Lubbock. Other guys kind of get bumped up um, the depth chart. You know, Antoine Wesley was probably going to uh, be competing on that side, um, and Seth Collins, you know, like I said. Just that much more opportunity to make a name for himself. The other thing, like we've kind of mentioned, the um, updated spring roster or summer roster, I guess, was released today, this afternoon. Um, and I wanted to kind of go through it really quickly uh, and look at some interesting things and first impressions. Now, I wasn't tracking, like, heights and weights from the previous roster, so I'm not going to be like, this guy's now like, five pounds heavier. I always take
0: these with a grain of salt anyway.
1: Well, there was one that stood out to me, and we'll get to that later, but the biggest thing, the ones that stood out to me, were some of the guys that had some new numbers. Um, just to kind of keep you thinking, next time you see him, he will not be wearing what you're used to him seeing. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> he will no, not be wearing it. what you're used to seeing him wear. Perfect. I think that was right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but something else I saw that I thought was interesting, I, I actually saw it on Twitter. I didn't actually notice it, but there were two guys that after spring football had ended, announced they were going to be transferring from the program. Um, Demarcus Felton, running back, and Braden Stringer as a linebacker are both still listed on the most current roster. So no announcements have been made about them rescinding that (laughs) transfer or maybe they were told they, you know, you're not going to play. It's best if you move on and something else has changed, uh, whether it was academics or whatever. Like I said, the roster roster that was released today, June 26th, 2018, they are both listed um, two months after they announced they were transferring. So that's that's first thing that I thought was really interesting. Yep. Um, new numbers. Uh, Demarcus Felton, if this is still true, will be wearing number two this year instead of 27
0: hooray new numbers <laughs> I, I it's got to be connected right does that somehow have to be connected I almost no I don't think so th- do you, do you, <laughs> when you when you declare on Twitter that you're you know you're leaving the team do you relinquish your number and some other guy calls dibs and then
1: well here's the thing nobody else has 27 and you would oh. think if you're gonna relinquish your number you're like as a running back you're like okay I'll take 43 or something yeah. like random like roll yeah. He went to number two. Like, those single-digit uh, jersey numbers are probably pretty sought after since it seems like every number has, has a duplicate. There's like two number ones, two number twos, two number threes, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're right. So moving up to number two, is like, well, um, that's, like I said, a coveted jersey number. You would think if he's not going to be here, they wouldn't have given that to him. So uh, other things, Douglas Coleman, the defensive back, now, going to be wearing number three, as well as Xavier Martin, the wide receiver. Antoine Wesley changed from 22 to 4. Cool. Man, <laughs> I, these, I'm, uh, I'm now they, like, these single
0: digit numbers are important.
1: I'm, I'm going through these. I'm like, why did I feel this was important this afternoon? <laughs> the other one, uh, Rico Jeffers moved, the linebacker moved from 11 to 6. So you'll have two single digit linebackers uh, Rico Jeffers, number six. Uh, Jordan Brooks is number one. And then, of course, Dakota Allen still 40. And then two other guys I thought were interesting. Uh, running back, freshman running backs, Tajon Henry's 26. Sir Roderick Thompson, 28. That's how I know that nobody has 27, because those two are right next to each other on the roster. Yep. Confirmed. Um, <laughs> yep. Other things worth noting there are currently six quarterbacks listed on the roster. That's two more than what we knew of after spring ball. So they've added two more guys. I couldn't tell you where they're from. I know one is like a upperclassman too. So he wasn't like a freshman walk on. Um, there are four fullbacks on the roster. Four? There it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, what did actually, we have last like, year too?
0: Like, dedicated
1: people with their name, with the word fullback next to them.
0: Oh, Okay, I gotta look this up.
1: It, okay, so one of them's Mason Reed.
0: Yeah, of course. He's not really a fullback; he's kind of a bigger running back. But they, he was used as a fullback a lot last year, right? Until, until yep. he got—did he get a concussion? Uh, yeah, it was like early on. Yeah, he got hurt pretty early on.
1: Because he—he had that one um, one touchdown. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of scroll through this really quickly.
0: Okay. Fullback. This is so great yeah that that gives me that gives me a little glimmer of hope we might see some and who knows that may have been yeah so Mason Reed is fullback
1: yep um Connor Killian Connor Killian brother of Caleb Killian yep um Tyler Carr my goodness Tyler Carr he's a big boy six four two sixty that's the kind of size I want to see with the fullback my people goodness. over and then Henry Howard. Um, six foot two ten. I don't know if that's really going to be a fullback position or more like a, um, you know, if Mason Reed has a backup, that's where he's going. Because Mason Reed looks at 6'2", 225. Whereas Killian is, where, I was just there.
0: He's 6'2", two, 235.
1: And then Tyler Carr is 6'4", two, 260.
0: My goodness.
1: So if we're going to be running some some fullback, I want to run b- behind Tyler Carr for sure.
0: Yeah, dibs. Dibs on Carr. And
1: then the only other thing I wanted to point out, um, Lonzel Gilmore, he redshirted last year, came out of high school, I think from Longview or somewhere in East Texas, kind of projected as like a defensive end. Um, I think he was like 6'2", 6'3", like 220. We're like, that's kind of small for the defensive line, but we'll kind of deal with it. Coming off his redshirt year, he's listed at 6'3", 280.
0: (laughs) That's not a typo.
1: (laughs) I, I can't, I don't think so. It wouldn't be 208. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, yeah you wouldn't do that. Pounds. So, dudes put some weight on. I would assume he's not going to be playing defensive end unless he's going to be the strong side defensive end and not the rush end. Because guys that are on the rush end would be like um, Tony Jones, and he's first listed as a linebacker. Second, he's 6'2", 225, not 6'3", 280. That's a big that's his,
0: boy. There was, there's an offensive lineman that's 6'3", 280.
1: Yeah, well, there's some big guys on that offensive line. And, and defensive line too. Um
0: Well I mean, yeah, I mean even six three two eighty is not like a huge offensive lineman, but so like you know the, that that's a pretty dang big defensive end.
1: <laughs> the the transfer defensive tackle from Rice, Preston Gordon, six one two eighty. Like I remember seeing how big he looked on film. Lonzel Gilmore is as heavy as he is, but two inches taller. So he's gonna look a little bit thinner and leaner because he's two inches taller. And, dude, like, if you go and look at the pictures in the roster, like, okay, there's three defensive tackles listed right around the same weight. Uh, Broderick Washington's 305, Joseph Wallace is 315, Nick McCann is 310. Mm-hmm. Broderick Washington doesn't look like he could be 300 pounds. Like, he's got like, a fairly thin face. Nick McCann's got more of a fuller face. So, like, I I could probably see 310. Joseph Wallace looks like he's got a bowling ball on top of his shoulders. <laughs> There's no way that 315 is accurate. Like it's got to be north of that.
0: <laughs> Maybe they just are like, oh, well, everyone else is 315. We'll just put that in there too. Yeah, I why not?
1: <laughs> the you got a defensive tackle, defensive lineman, a freshman, Jalen Hutchings came in at six foot two ninety five. It's a pretty considerable size for a freshman. Mm-hmm. Lonzel Gilmore, 63280. Um Noah Jones was a, a defensive end, six three, two sixty. Nelson Mbonasor, who's a red shirted last year, six three two eighty. 280. Um, Houston Miller, six four, two sixty five. And if you saw that workout video where he was benching, not benching, squatting like five hundred and seventy pounds.
0: Oh gosh, no.
1: That two sixty five is probably on the low end for him. He looked like I don't know, dude. He's just stacked. Just a large
0: human being. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Okay. So since we're talking heights and weights, we can't we can't do it without talking about Trevor Robertson, who you just committed, it. who just committed oh, to Tech, yes. who <laughs> as an offensive tackle at. Are and you like sitting down?
1: Sixteen years old or whatever? Because he's, he's a junior, isn't he? Or he yeah, will be a junior. Well,
0: yeah, he's. Let's see. No, let's no, see. he he
1: will be a senior. That's what. It no,
0: is. he's a twenty. He's a twenty nineteen recruit, so he will be a senior. Yeah, he'll be a senior this year from Wellington. He's he's three sixty, which is a whopping That's number of in its own. But then the other the number next on to the roster is six eleven. And, and you know if you if you've got a guy that's 611 360 at you know 16 17 years old who's to say he's not going to be seven foot 380 when he gets here I don't know I have no idea um, but he had a lot of interest a lot of offers uh, of course you know kids can change their mind there's no telling what could happen between now and and next fall fall 2019 <laughs> but man what a what an eye-popping Bit of info to see when that comes across on Twitter. Yeah, we got a 6'11", 360, offensive tackle. My God. (laughs) So, just for reference, what you said is 360?
1: Yeah, yeah, 6'11", 360. The largest person listed on the current roster in terms of weight is, there's a couple of them tied at 320 pounds. So he's 40 pounds heavier. Now, it's probably not like very good weight, He's probably kind of flabby as a, you know, high school student that doesn't have the nutrition program that colleges do. Yeah. You'd expect he'd probably drop a little bit of weight once he gets here, but at 6'11", maybe not much. (laughs) He may not. I mean. (laughs) It's also because, like, is that too big to play offensive? Like, at 6'11", you're going to be standing, like, almost straight up and down, going against someone that's 10 inches shorter than you. Like, I get your wingspan, you'll be able to, like, cover, like, three gaps. Yeah, as I wave my arms in the camera that nobody can see.
0: No, it's great. It was a good visual. Y'all, y'all missed it. <laughs> um, but like,
1: if somebody's coming straight at you, like, I, I guess you can put, put your hand out on their head and just like let them swing at you. Like yeah, you, you can do that thing brother. like you
0: do in the cartoons, <laughs> and I, I feel like I mean, he, I'm sure he'll be able to handle himself. I, I just think we've got to call some offensive plays for him at some point. There has to be some, some. You know, he's an eligible receiver on some crazy goal line package. Oh, and he's just in the corner of the end
1: zone. That guy for Baylor, and I hate to bring up Baylor, but that really Laquan McGowan.
0: Oh yeah. Huge the huge guy. And you knew it was going to him, and he's he still got it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Dude
1: was he was listed as a tight end. Um
0: let's see, what was his official height and weight?
1: Six seven four ten.
0: Oh man. I forgot so, he was in the fours. He yeah, was know, a he was a bulldozer.
1: Your guy's going to be four inches taller than him and pushing four bills
0: <laughs> as a freshman. I, team... I, there's just got to be some package for him. He's just he, he's just needs. I need to see this man catch a ball in the end zone. I need to see it happen.
1: I, I was actually really impressed with the play we ran for Travis Bruffy in the Oklahoma State game, where he lined up as a tight end and caught that touchdown. Or extra or two point conversion, whatever it was.
0: That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Except cause...
1: now, now he's a left tackle, so you can't. Well, so this was two years ago. Yeah. When, when Ruffy was a true freshman, he was a little thinner, looked more like a tight end. Besides his knee braces, the double <laughs> knee braces, like the dead giveaway. That's an offensive lineman. That's kind of a giveaway. <laughs> but okay, speaking of offensive plays, looking looking forward to the twenty eighteen season, the Bill Connolly. Um, prediction projection post came out he does this he does every team I don't know how he has time to do it but he does every team in the FBS level 128 teams um, I guess right off the top based on his projection this is also the guy that does the S&P program he's the one that launched that and started the advanced metrics for college football like um, I said, right at the top, he's got Tech projected to win. The projected wins at 5.9, which I've heard a lot of people kind of hanging around that six-win mark. And uh, combined S P Plus rating for the entire team for 47.
0: Initial thoughts, go. Okay, I think he's, he's pretty much spot on with kind of how we feel Uh, I think he's his numbers show to even be a little more optimistic than we think especially on the defensive side yeah okay there you go (laughs) Um, but I I do um, I think it's it's realistic he does a really nice job you know you read you read this and you think okay this isn't just some guy in um, Canton or whatever or you know where, where, where the heck is ESPN it's not Canton Bristol, Um, Bristol Connecticut. Yeah, it's not just some guy in Bristol that's never watched, you know, hasn't watched a Tech game since Leach was here. You know, you you get a good, a good feel that he actually really kind of knows what he's talking about. Um, I think one of the things I liked the most was, and I didn't realize this myself, but he pointed out how terrible the field goal, which we'll get to, kicking was. Okay, all right, I won't spoil (laughs) that yet. Uh, he had a great stat uh, that that is probably the same one that caught your eye, and then the other thing that I liked, and I, I, I'm doing a really great job of not finding it, but I think he had a margin of, you know, he he predicted all the games mm-hmm. versus his S and P rankings, and he had a the mar, average margin of, uh, win or loss was uh, practically a touchdown on a lot of these games.
1: Yeah, so seven of the of the twelve games, just really quickly, are within one touchdown. Yeah, within seven points. You've got um, two more that are right around the ten point range. You've got a thirteen, a fourteen, and then a fifty. But that's you plus fifty, not minus fifty. So your biggest um, projection would actually be, you know, like in conference play, would be you plus fifteen over Kansas your largest deficit in conference would be minus 13 at Oklahoma, which is, you know, if you lose by 13 to Oklahoma, it sucks. <laughs> but, I mean... It's, it could be worse. <laughs> it's one of those years where, like, you could be losing and winning a lot of really close games.
0: Yeah, uh, and that's that's just kind of how it's felt the last few years. And... Which is probably why it's so hard for everybody to get a
1: feel for how this team will do, because everything is going to be so close. Yeah. So... Um, he projects the offense to take kind of a considerable step back. And I think that's kind of what everybody's feeling with not sure who the quarterback's going to be. Lots of offensive production at receiver and running back are gone. Um, Your offensive line is there. So that returning, that should help kind of steady things while those other pieces get figured out. He's projected the offensive S and P ranking to drop to 63, which is middle of the pack in terms of like everybody in the nation.
0: Yeah, um, and which I think is it really be... surprising
1: when you think about like Texas Tech having a offense ranked in the 60s. Now this is yeah. this is not like total offense, where Texas can get credit for a lot of yards, but he he you know obviously factors in stuff like success rates and efficiency and all that kind of stuff. He thinks you'll be right there, right around the the midway point. Um, not super encouraging, but we kind of understood that going in because you're not sure what you have. So 60, it's going to be kind of hard. It'll be one of those things like, I'll believe it when I see it type things because you're not sure what you're going to get.
0: No, and I think I saw, I'm trying to find it. There's so many things in this article that it's tough to, to catch them all. But I think Kingsbury, in it was either nine or ten years of coaching, I think he's only had an offense not make the top 25 twice. So It wasn't
1: like his first year at Tech? Wasn't that one of the years when he was bouncing back and forth between Mayfield and Webb?
0: That that could be true. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but that would make sense. Just because you know, uh, the majority of those years have been at Tech, so one of them would have to be there. Um, but because I, I would think it's not Houston. No, I don't think no. Well, not, probably not an A and M. No, and so I think it has to be at Tech, and I don't know if it's the first one or not. Because we did go 7-0. and
1: But you did have those, those two freshman quarterbacks that couldn't figure out which team to throw the ball to. or
0: Yeah. <laughs> you wonder if it's, if, it was one of, if it was that year or the year that we won four games. <laughs> could, could well, that could have been either. That was a thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that was a thing that happened that was depressing. Um, but, yeah, if, if this is actually what happens and the, the offense does regress that far, um, it might be difficult be... to watch. Yeah, and I don't think we're going to be super. Gosh,
1: I am last be, year, I am
0: mean, going to be somewhat surprised because we do have some talented athletes and uh, an experienced line, a, a good size line too, and especially with Johns coming in, hopefully providing some innovation on how to run the ball and and just get hopefully. some get some yards. Um, I, I am going to be surprised if it drops to sixty three as it's predicted here yeah
1: the other thing so like i said his projected team finish of 47 if the offense drops to 63 it means the defense is up that's the one kind of bright spot of his projection he's got the defense finishing with an s&p rating of 39 Woo! which when you think about okay you were 128 for like four (laughs) five six years in a row couldn't seem to get worse and you found out how to do it well, you couldn't get worse in terms of ranking because there was nobody else behind you, but you got worse in like yards and turnovers and all that kind of crap. This year you were in the '90s, I think, 90s, the, I think so. Is either that or in the '80s? I can't remember. So to make another big jump up um, would be significant because you think even if we had the 2017 offense with an S and P defense in the '30s, you're going to be competing for some games. Um, so with a win projection of let's say, six games with the defense in the top 40, your offense is going to be needing to find its its role here um, to get you going. I If the offense really is that bad and the defense is that good, it's going to be so strange to watch tech football. Like, being kept in games with the defense, but not being able to win them because of the offense.
0: Right. Being, being so to the point reverse. where you get... Yeah, it, it, it's going to be so bizarre if we get to the point where it's... Um, Third and three, and you know the other team has the ball on our forty-five yard line, and we're like, "Oh, okay, we got this. We're gonna we're gonna stop them, no problem." But if it's third and three, and we're that team on, oh. on playing offense, <laughs> we're gonna be like, "Oh, this is well, we can't kick a field goal. We're too far." Um, I don't know. Let's fake it.
1: faking everything we're going no punters no kickers
0: (laughs) oh we ran it we ran it from uh yeah yeah we ran a a screen and uh they they stuffed it and actually lost a yard so that's and then we ran a
1: draw and lost another yard (laughs) yeah neil brown i'm kidding his offense is actually really good i know he's well his offenses were get inside the 40 and then throw a jump ball to either eric ward or darren moore who had ridiculous catch radiuses and catch percentages.
0: Was Lyle Leon there? No, Lyle Leon was already gone. Because he would have used the heck out of Leon, too. <laughs> yep.
1: And then we would have heard so much more about Taylor Potts and Lyle Leon being teammates since they were in kindergarten.
0: Yeah, yeah. Abling High, go Eagles.
1: The other thing, the other part of the. Shout
0: out other... to. Uh, to uh, um... Oh, crap. <laughs> Shout out to Hunter.
1: Yeah, there you go. I almost called Hunter it. I Cook. almost
0: called you by your. Uh, to bring him back. By your Twitter handle, Hunter. That's why I blanked there. I almost called you Kenny Loggins on. <laughs> <I was laughs> like like one I'm of the best handles out, out there. Kenny Lo- no, that's not right. That's not right at all.
1: <laughs> so we had kind of mentioned uh, going for on fourth down every time because our, our kickers suck. Uh, a Ooh. considerable po- portion of the of the article for Bill Conley t- touched on special teams and said, "This is kind of why Texas Tech struggled last year." These are Um,
0: great stats. Go through them. They're uh, they're so... They're so much worse than I thought they were.
1: (laughs) You had three different kickers attempt at least 10 point after attempts and three field goals each. Each. (laughs) Three different kickers do 10 point after attempts and three field... That's insane. Yep. You think, like, you may have two guys that do that if one guy got hurt. Yeah, you had you you did have one guy get hurt, but then you had three guys do it because nobody could put their toe into a ball,
0: or or you may have one guy who just does PATs and one guy who just does field goals. You know that that kind of can happen, but even that's not that common. But three, yeah.
1: Next at equally appalling, those kickers combined for ten of sixteen on field goals under forty yards. And then he makes this point where, okay, 10 to 16 is 63%. He said it should be, I think this is like a baseline, should be 80%. You should be 80% hitting four out of five field goals under 40 yards. You hit 63%. It's
0: bad. It's low.
1: (laughs) And then I can't read this because it changed the super, is that one of five? Yeah. For so, field
0: goals over forty yards, we you went, went one, one of five. five. Yep. One.
1: <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> the other, the last one that's really going to get like it's one of those things where you hear like no duh, but
0: this is the one. Okay, so I think you and I are on the same page. This was the one I really wanted to read. This is the best one. I didn't know it was this bad.
1: Texas Tech went two for nine on field goals in games where they lost the game. Yep. Two of nine. That's that's worse than one out of every three that you attempt you make. That's worse.
0: Yep. Well, I was it that or was it? Well, I, th- I think it's about the same thing that you just said. But what he actually worded it when Tech was losing five of six late in the regular season. So yeah, that, that's the kickers uh, even were under, going. The kickers were going two for nine. Yeah.
1: Which is even shorter time span than the entire season. This is like your last six games. We lost five of them. He went 2 for 9.
0: Yeah, and it was bad as you, bad as you got, remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, you finally got Hatfield back in Game 12 of the year. You're like, we can hit a field goal. And then he misses the, he first, missed, one he the, the first one in the like, spring game. He misses the first one in spring game. Yeah, it so was So, the, the other thing, it, 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 this is probably out of order. Um, so, Texas Tech is returning 62% of its overall production from 2017 to 2018. One of the reasons why... Your defense is projected to move up into the top forties. Ninety-three percent of your production from twenty seventeen is returning, which means that seven percent was Mike Thomas.
0: <laughs> yes, that's and only that was the guy a, you last, lost. Yeah, it. I think seven percent is not enough. But
1: uh, well, th- so that, that's not just tackles. That's like his turnovers too.
0: Oh man, that's only
1: seven percent. Whereas that's incredible, offense, though,
0: to be one person on an eleven. 11- Man, squad, and you're not even in every play, and you affect seven percent of the plays basically.
1: That's almost one eleventh of a percent, or one eleven. <laughs> this, okay, this I, I can't say that point oh right. nine or yeah, whatever it is, point if you oh, divide one, one by one 11 or something like that, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, point oh nine, so nine percent. He so he was just under doing his one eleventh. <laughs> as a defensive tackle mind you yep so um you're returning 31 on offense scary not good not cool. because of you've got some backup receivers and a running back that played two years ago and a quarterback or two quarterbacks that played in a couple of games
0: we've got a center coming back <laughs> i don't think that counts <laughs> but does it count well he successfully snapped the ball a lot um
1: He also successfully was penalized a lot.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: Interesting that he was also named to a preseason award list with like 80 other people. (laughs) Which we also, so we're we're kind of joking around because this person, this player's mom is a follower of STP on Facebook and she is a regular commenter. Whenever there is a bad word said about the center or the offensive line in general, she chimes in and has to protect her baby boy.
0: Hey, I mean, I'm, I'm all about it. I don't the but same like, way. come on now. I'm going to be the same way when my little girl's playing center.
1: <laughs> At a D1 college, you're like, hey man, those three personal fouls were not his fault.
0: Yeah, she, she only held for two Mississippi and that's usually <laughs> allowed depending on the day.
1: The other thing I wanted to go into really quickly, I know that we're kind of, Running up against it in terms of time. He went and did a projection, uh, a prediction for every game. Like I said, quickly go through this game or the this, this schedule. Um, first game of the year versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss is projected as and SP plus ranking of 25, where you are at a 47. His projected margin is minus seven, or I guess plus seven if you look at the Vegas lines or how you want to do it. Mm hmm. So he's picking Ole Miss to win the game by a touchdown. Win probability of 35%. I can't disagree with that.
0: No, Ole Miss worries me. It's worried me from the start.
1: Um, I don't like it game one either.
0: No, I don't like game one. I don't like a neutral site as opposed to if they were in Lubbock. Uh, I don't like that it's an SEC team. You know, they they were down – I read that. I finally. I think I told you this. I finally read that great article about uh, crooked letters.
1: Such a great title, too.
0: Oh man, it is. If y'all haven't read it yet, it's on SB Nation. Just look up crooked letters, and it goes into the whole thing with the Ole Miss recruiting scandal that and the how Mississippi State was involved either directly or indirectly. There's so much drama; it just keeps unfolding. Um, So anyway, I think Ole Miss. They they've because of that article. It reminded me how well they've recruited again. (laughs) They out of nowhere recovered from yeah. They've recovered well. So uh, you know their self imposed bowl ban or whatever BS they gave themselves last year. I think they're uh, you know they're not going to be a slouch.
1: Nope. So your first home game against Lamar uh, as an FCS team. He did he does not give them an S and P ranking projected margin as we said is of 50 points win probability of 100 percent. i don't think there's any more to say about that
0: yeah if, if you That's lose this what game, it is
1: you lose this game is gonna go straight from the field to his car and the airport he's gonna be on his way out yep you shouldn't lose this game
0: possibly voluntarily <laughs> yeah. even if Hoka doesn't say anything i could see him just like okay well guys it's been good um uh, false sort of (laughs) gotta go uh toodles i'm gonna go see if someone needs some help i'm gonna go be
1: um uh offensive analyst for incarnate word there with eric morris
0: (laughs) wouldn't that be a kick in the pants (laughs) (laughs) hey eric uh cliff here uh kingsbury uh if you wouldn't mind give me a call back (laughs) i'm I'm on my way i'm actually in the car i'm on my way i'm in the hill country i'm gonna go
1: be um zach kitley's assistant
0: (laughs) All right.
1: Um, Next game, home against Houston. They have a uh, S&P projection of 59. Projected margin of about five points. Win probability of 60. This game also scares me. You lose this game. You start the season one and two with a conference schedule where you're like, I don't see a lot of wins coming. If you only have one non-conference win, six wins may be a stretch. I'd say you need to win at least two of your non-conference games if you're expecting to go to a postseason game and or to keep Kingsbury for 2019. I think if if you're one and two coming out of non-conference, you're pretty well, you have a pretty good idea how this is going to go. Next game, at Oklahoma State, who has a projected ranking of 19, margin of minus 10, win probability of 28. Um, Minus 10 for an Oklahoma State team that I I don't know a whole bunch about. I didn't read their projection. They are replacing their quarterback. They're replacing their all world receiver. Um, their f- freshman running back was phenomenal. He's obviously back. They always seem to have like no name receivers come out of nowhere or if guys that have been there for like eight years show up. And cause it feels like, what's his name? Um, the other big guy that played opposite of James Washington had been there for five or six years. And he's like a sophomore.
0: Oh, I, I couldn't tell you
1: anyways, minus 10. Um, Again, like a 10-point game, you were probably projected worse a couple of years ago when you lost there by one. To um, bring on how your offense finds its itself in game four of the season, that could be closer than 10 points. You just haven't won in Stillwater in like a decade or greater. No, it's been greater than that. Like we well, haven't even beat Oklahoma
0: State in a decade. Yeah,
1: so 10 points may actually be a big. like an insurmountable number in Stillwater.
0: Yeah, it could be.
1: This next game is actually really intriguing. So he's got West Virginia, projected ranking of 43. um, Really close to you at 47. This is a home game. Your projected margin for Tech is uh, a two-point win. And with it being so close, win probability is like right around 50%. With all the hype around West Virginia and... The quarterback um, seems like everybody's picking them to do really well on offense. Defense seems to be probably taking a step back. However, their defense has always given you fits. Um, A game that should have been close a couple years ago in Lubbock, you got punked before the game started and you got blown out by a team that wasn't that much better than you. This game should be really close. Your defense, like I said, I'm not really concerned about the West Virginia offense. They – since Geno Smith and uh, Stedman Bailey and the other guy they had.
0: I'm blanking too.
1: Tavon Austin. Since the three of oh, them gosh. came to Lubbock yeah. in 2012 or whatever, I have not been – I'm not concerned about the West Virginia offense. So if your defense is really going to be that good, you've got a shot at this game. But it's, again, one of those games. Like with Iowa State, Kansas State, you just can't seem to figure it out. Um. Next game on the road on a Thursday night at TCU. They have a projected ranking of 22. I don't know where that's coming from besides everybody coming back and being good or getting better.
0: That's got to be it.
1: I mean, their, their quarterback was so, I mean, he was decent, but he was a true freshman fumbled seven times against you, recovered six of them. <laughs> Dang it. And the one time you recovered We're it and bitter. like in We're the red zone, here. you didn't score. <laughs> no, of course not. Oh, that was one of those games where I, I think it was one of the games in a long time. The tech tech didn't score a touchdown. So on the road, um, it happens
0: against TCU. I remember there was like a 12, a weird 12-9 like a 12, 12,
1: yeah. 12, nine or 12, three.
0: One of Harold's first or second years.
1: Yeah. 2006 ish or 2005. Yep. Um, so on the road against a team that beats you pretty handily in Lubbock, uh, t c u w- winning by ten again it's weird it, you seem to do better against t c u in fort Worth outside of that one year where they were really good and you didn't show up to play at all Ugh. um because outside of that game you've always won in fort Worth since they've been in the big
0: twelve like sometimes it year. took triple overtime those
1: are exciting <laughs> you know um yeah So, i'm just i'm i'm going back and look at the schedule up until then so you got one two three four takes use your halfway point six games you are favored to win three of those games um one game you're favored by five one game you're favored by two if you don't win those games and you're favored at this point you're one in five
0: mm-hmm.
1: halfway through the season like it's over yeah, and you haven't it's really over. even got to like the meat, like the hard part
0: of your schedule yet. No, you kind of you've kind of danced around some some tougher opponents, but you haven't. I mean,
1: you, you've got like the, that that group of second tier teams. I like Oklahoma State is constantly like like on the bubble between second and first tier in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. West Virginia TCU kind of bounced around between that middle of the road, or that will have a, a year where they'll, they'll jump up, or a year where they bounce back down. Um, but like six games in. And if you're not... I mean, if you're at
0: 1-5... Game over, man. Ouch.
1: Now, luckily, Game 7, you're, you're home Kansas. against Kansas. <laughs> it, it's your get-right game unless you're just completely... Unless your mind's gone. They have a projected S&P ranking. I don't know how. It's not any worse. But a projected ranking of 103. You're projected to win this game by more than two touchdowns. Um unless like you have just an epic meltdown a la texas (laughs) and was it 2016 or whatever it was yep you should this is probably your second pencil in a win game on your schedule then like if there was any momentum to be had from winning against kansas then you travel to iowa state
0: never good (laughs) never good
1: they have a, an S and P projected ranking right in front of you at forty six. They are picked to win by three, which seems generous to Tech because of the last two games against Iowa State, where I think they've outscored you by seventy or eighty points.
0: Well, granted, most of that was in Ames. So well, okay, that, that makes it worse. <laughs>
1: And, and not you know, really, because you, you it, like, it was like it was like fifty. It was fifty six points when you when you lost in Ames. Then last year you lost by thirty.
0: I think so. Or it's like forty two to seventeen, that kind of score, or something like that, at home.
1: Where you just for were like not for homecoming
0: it. or something. It was. It was even a. a Semi important social game.
1: Thirty one thirteen. You lost 31-13. by twenty eight.
0: Yeah. And then you know we've they've got oh. the second coming of Bear Bryant heading that team, so there's no telling what they'll what they'll be able to do because it's you know he's hands down the best coach in college football, and <laughs> I, I just, just I'm just it, he in, he inspires us he inspires us all. Got a team yep. to win seven wins seven games, so I mean he's. Uh, He's the next big, big thing.
1: <laughs> if that wasn't bad enough, like, you, you get that one break home against Kansas and between your two road games, and this is after – so that game against uh, T.C. is on a Thursday, so you get like a week and a half before you get Kansas on a Saturday. Travel to Iowa State, come back home for two straight weeks of Oklahoma and Texas.
0: <laughs> At least they're in Lubbock. That's the, yes. only, that's the only thing that, um – There is –
1: even with Kyler Murray being drafted, apparently he's coming back. He's probably going to be pretty good at quarterback. They never yeah. seem to like do. Like, they never seem to have a problem re- reloading after a quarterback leaves, except for that first year of what's that guy's name from New Mexico that replaced Bradford? Real oh tally. gosh, Landon Landry Jones. Yep. Yeah. yeah. His first was... his first year was kind of iffy.
0: Where they went like eight and four. <laughs> From Artesia, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: home against Oklahoma, projected rank of nine. Uh, re- projection of minus thirteen. N- n- not too good. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Next week you get Texas. Project projection of twenty seven. Uh, Win projection. The margin there is minus three. I think is again generous for Tech. I guess this is all kind of hinging on how good the defense is because their top 40 defense is going to be pretty good. And then, I mean, there's just no breaks. (laughs) No. Because you go, like, you get home against Oklahoma and Texas, which you think, okay, that's better than playing them on the road. But then you go to Manhattan, where you haven't won up there since 2008. You were close a couple of times.
0: That sounds right. We were close then, last time.
1: Yeah, and then it, it was—I think it was closer than probably the score showed because you got that late touchdown, and then onside kick, and
0: that late. Yeah, yeah, we had Hail all those Mary. stops in the third quarter and just. The, the, when we're talking about the it.
1: the offense or the defense keeping the keeping tech in the game, that's the game. Yeah, I go thought. watch I that like, game. <laughs> that's
0: the one. We're
1: like. <laughs> You get like a, a hobbled Mahomes, the homes and, and yeah. he,
0: you know, he wasn't hundred percent and the defense just kept making these stops and we couldn't do anything.
1: Yeah. So you go from Texas up into Manhattan against Kansas state. They are much lower in the project. The S and P at 61, they're still projected to win probably because it's a home game for them. Less than a point though. So this is like an almost essentially a toss up game. Exactly. Probability at
0: 49%. Um, this last one hurts me the most.
1: Neutral side against Baylor in the season. S&P ranking of 50. So, right again, right around where you are. You are projected to win by less than a point, 0. 0.2. <laughs> win probability of 51%. It's hard to see that after kind of how bad Baylor was last year. I think everybody's kind of counting on Charlie Brewer to make a big step. But I don't see it.
0: And I think they've somehow managed to recruit well. Um, people are still really happy with Rule and really talking him up. I. It's it's just going to be really depressing if. Of course, may not, maybe not. You know, af- after going, two and eight, and, you know, losing to Baylor by one, we're probably going to be like, yeah, whatever, okay. But if if, <laughs> if we're like, if we're like five and six. And if we have to beat Baylor to go to a bowl game and we lose by one, then that's just gonna be really soul crushing. So if if
1: you look at the projected margins, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, you're projected you're on the negative side of seven of those games. Granted, one, two, three, four of those games are within a, a touchdown. Three of the four are within a field goal if you can count on getting a field goal. <laughs> Um, you're, if you look at the win probabilities, according to Bill Connolly, one, two, three, four, five are greater than 50%. That's including a 51% in there, a 54, a 60. <laughs> if, if, like, if everything plays out and, and you win the games, I'm not even exactly how he says, but if you only win those five games, it's going to be a long... Well, I, I say long off season. Luckily, Beard and Tadlock have us covered from November to June. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get us through it, uh, to kind of t- take the pressure off of um, whoever the coach will be in 2019. Although I'm sure he'll get plenty of uh, attention as as a new guy. But
0: yeah, if Tech's not playing in mid December, at least uh, you know they will Tech be without will... a coach. In well, and Tech will play Duke in basketball, so that'll be something to look forward to. <laughs> If football's yeah. not playing in mid to late December. Um, something I'd like to point out, too, is, and this was something commonly mentioned, but for good or bad, uh, you know, if, if you look at the margins that are pretty much double digits, so that kind of guarantees a win versus Lamar. It, you know, quote-unquote guarantees losses versus Oklahoma State, TCU, Um Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and then it guarantees a win versus Kansas. So that's five games right there where you know you're going to supposedly going to guaranteed to go two and three, and that leaves the other seven just kind of up for grabs. So if that were the case, and you somehow won those other seven, you could come away <laughs> nine and three, right? <laughs> if you win every one of those games, yes. Yeah. Yeah. What's? Why not? No, I don't think that. I don't feel that way at all. But uh, so you're saying it's possible? <laughs> yeah, it's possible. I'm throwing it out there. We could either win two games, well, or we could win nine. We could win twelve. It. Well, it's possible well, we I could mean, win zero. We could win fourteen. <laughs> don't forget. That's let's, let's true. Just, let's just not. Let's not even leave that out. We could win fourteen, man. So anyway.
1: <laughs> I, I'm sure as 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 the. The fall gets closer. We're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to go more into depth in each one of these games. Um, This is one of the many preseason projections and predictions posts that we'll see. Um, Bill Connolly just seems to kind of know his stuff. He's kind of well-respected for his advanced metrics because they seem to be more stable than... Well, they should win this game because... It's going to be only eighty-five degrees and forty percent humidity, and the grass yeah. lays down to the right on those days. And well, you know, historically,
0: <laughs> you know, back in '87 when Texas came to uh, Lubbock, that uh, yeah, that doesn't matter. No or
1: it'll be exactly ten years from the when Texas came to Lubbock and you beat them thirty Oh yeah, we're yeah. bound to repeat it. Yeah, there's ten a years, the yeah, there's a big
0: yeah, big swell, big ground swell of emotion on. <laughs> on the field at the Jones that's just been sitting there hovering, waiting to be deployed. I think that's correct. Let's see.
1: So that game in 2008 was on a... Was on I think a, it was
0: the 5th of November.
1: I think it was the 1st. Was
0: it? Ah, yeah. Ah.
1: So this year, you'll have Oklahoma on November 3rd, Texas November
0: 10th. Oh, it's right around that time, man. Two-year right anniversary. Yeah,
1: man. It's It's got to be it.
0: That's, that's got to be it. So that means if that's true, then 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. We'll be 9-0. Uh, it's quite the run, man. Because we, we, we were, you know, we hadn't lost a game. So we'll be 9-0 when we play Texas. Man. Gosh, I'm glad we thought of that. Anyways. <laughs>
1: like I said, we'll, we'll probably have a few more of these projections and predictions posts to kind of break down and look
0: at. As we get closer. Um, we'll probably argue with the other ones a little bit more, but this one's pretty good. This well, one's kinda, it's also this kind of one kinda right gets in how the middle. <laughs> yeah,
1: because it's, like, it's kind of how everybody's feeling, like six wins. You would hope you can get to six wins. Um, he's projecting your offense to take a step back, your defense taking take another big step forward. Assuming your special teams doesn't F everything up and you continue to get turnovers on defense, which is a luck thing mostly. Because a lot of those turnovers were fumbles. Um, I mean, there were, there were a handful of, of interceptions. I get that. Mostly from Dakota Allen. Yep. And Parker, Justice Parker. Um, yeah. We'll see what else, we, we, what else comes out over the summer. Um, I guess we'll look forward to Big 12 media days here in about five or six weeks. Really when fall camps start to heat up. Speaking of heating up, though.
0: Oh boy, here it is. Here's the my yard.
1: (laughs) My yard has been hating me. One because, of course, tall fescue is a cool season grass, not uh, not cultivated for the West Texas desert. Not for not for 106. No. So what happens when 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 fescue gets stressed out in heat? So as opposed to Bermuda, which I don't like, Bermuda grass really thrives on the heat. It's growing like crazy in my neighborhood. and it looks like trash. <laughs> and it's also starting to invade into my yard. So, like, every time I go out there to mow, I have to, like, rip up all the grass that's trying to grow into my yard for my neighbors. I'm about ready to start, like, spraying some stuff down on that.
0: Maybe we'll put see. a curb. Can you put a curb down? How much would that cost? Just a little I've seen strip. those. I've seen those at some of these older houses around town. There's people that do that. That they have a they have a curb on both sides where they share a border with somebody, and I'm like, eh, it seems a little much. But if you're really trying to get some grass out of your yard, I guess it could well, I guess it'd work.
1: But the problem with with Bermuda though is it grows by um, stolens. You know those things that grow on the ground, on top of the ground.
0: Yeah, yeah. It would just go up and over that. Yeah, it would. Well, you'd have to edge it. You know, it'd at least be a little bit more defined. But it definitely yeah. would go over it.
1: So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to be like chemically edging on the sides of my house <laughs> house pretty soon. Anyways, in the front yard um, where everybody sees it, it's actually really thick and nice. There is a spot that goes horizontally, like if looking at the house straight on, a spot that goes horizontally across in the middle where I don't think the sprinklers are reaching very well and I haven't figured out how to do it, that is starting to get stressed out a little bit. Because if you're familiar with fescue, it's kind of a broad leaf grass when mm-hmm. it's healthy much more much more broad than Bermuda. But when it's heat and drought stressed, the the roots and the crown of the plant, like real close to the ground, pull all the water from the, the blade of the grass, they pull it back down to protect it. So the grass you see shrivels up and what happens is it kind of rolls in on itself and what's called needling. So if you, if, you have, if you have a fescue yard and you go out and your grass is all of a sudden not flat and soft but real sharp and pokey, Need some water.
0: This has been a very good vocabulary lesson and we're, and we're yeah. not even done yet.
1: Needling. If you're <laughs> fescue yard needles. So I've been watering like crazy. I've been hand watering. Um, I've also been adjusting my sprinkler system to help encourage the roots to grow deeper. So I'm watering less frequently. I'm watering every other day now. Mm-hmm. What? And the, the, probably the worst time of year to try to do this. I'm watering four days a week, once a day. So I, I like really cut it back. The grass is doing pretty well, except for that one spot in the backyard is just trash. I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do back there. I'm less worried about it. Cause nobody else sees it.
0: No, I agree. And, and you can, you can ignore it because it's not something you see when you pull up in the driveway too. Yeah.
1: But the Saturday, Saturday morning on my birthday, I spent probably two hours in my front and side yard that you can see pulling weed. So the front and side yards are fairly weed free. Now there are still some coming back in, but I do have some weed killer in route <laughs> had to go with like a, a commercial uh herbicide supplier company i'm excited about the getting the, the big boy stuff not something from walmart
0: that's watered down do you need like a license for this or are you just maybe is this off of is this off the black market somewhere did you did you get on the dark web yeah i did, did no it, it all comes back to <laughs> cryptocurrency we're
1: back to square one back to square one i know um, so I'm going to use that stuff and like really go heavy in the backyard, try to reclaim it. Um, because as a cool season grass, that fescue is the best time to really be pushing it to be growing and everything is, is in the fall actually. Cause you've got more time for it to cool off and for it to be growing. So planting in the spring, while well, it was a good idea to hold down the dirt in my yard, not the best time to grow. So as good a results I have from doing it at the wrong time of year, I'm excited to kind of finish off some of my bare spots this fall.
0: Yep. Can you imagine how I don't know how hard it would be to keep a yard of dirt for nine months out here if you hadn't planted that grass and, and waited till the fall, kinda of like you're supposed
1: to. Well I could see I I could see it going either way because one, you had a hard time getting all the dirt out of your yard.
0: Oh gosh! So yeah. West
1: Texas is trying to give you more dirt, but it's probably it's just recycling it because it'll pull dirt from your yard and blow it off into somebody else's yard. Or you'll get a torrential downpour and everything will end up in the street. Because um, it happened before I, I got grassy down, and like the week before, it just poured one night
0: and lived, like, yeah, I think you sent me a picture of that. Yeah, you had like irrigation channels. <laughs>
1: there was like like it was. It's funny when the grass was first growing in. The thickest part of my lawn followed the trail, the water carved out in the yard. There's <laughs> like a natural low it's spot. where like it where knew. We still some water. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If it rains again, boy, we're going to get some good, some good water here.
1: <laughs> so, on the schedule, probably uh, end of August, September, I'm going to actually hire somebody to come out and aerate my yard because I don't want to. Uh, you, you can rent those machines. I heard they're like, they're fairly difficult to work with. I'm going to hire a professional to do that. And then. Obviously reseed and really go after the weeds and everything. Cause, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna dominate the the, the neighborhood. I, I did mow tonight, front yard looking exquisite. I'm <laughs> lush, show you, Michael. Yeah, yeah. It What's that good. lush lush yard? Except for the one, like, there's still a couple spots that
0: aren't growing in because. Oh, right at the yeah. He's showing me a picture right now. Right. And of course the
1: the, the, my truck is casting a really dark shadow on the picture, but the yard is... Yeah,
0: what's going on by the driveway? I wonder why that's...
1: I don't know if like if the sprinklers aren't reaching it very well or what.
0: Yeah. but Everything else looks... I mean, it looks great. That's not a very big patch, though.
1: Hey, come on now.
0: No, no, no. No, I mean, it's not a... No, that's not oh, a big Oh, you're talking patch. about the dry spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was being, I was being nice. <laughs> no, it, it's not that, ba- it's yeah, not that bad. Yeah, the dry spot's not bad.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, we have a fairly small yard. I mean, we have... Total, almost three thousand square feet. Mm. So it's it's pretty small. Um,
0: I do have something to contribute to going yard this week. Oh, here we go. Okay, what do you, what do you have, Michael? Uh, it's it's completely, it's completely not as in depth. Let's see. I'm I mowed Thursday night. Thursday Ooh, you can
1: get the the weeknight lawn work going. I got
0: the week? Yeah, I, I usually do because don't. I'm, I'm usually a weekend guy.
1: Well, as, as the summer is the growing season for Bermuda, if you cut it right, which is supposed to be really low, because Bermuda loves the heat and it loves to be cut low. Um, if you're if you're watering and you're cutting low, you should be cutting Bermuda
0: like every three or four days. Yeah, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm low every two weeks, maybe. That's um, bad. You should at least every week. It's fine.
1: It's fine, um, and as long as you're also not mowing really high, because like Bermuda, if you let it get like real long and don't mow for like, it'll get real, it'll get tall, but it gets real thin too. It's really yeah. ugly.
0: No, I usually don't. Mine doesn't tend to get; it kind of just quits at a certain point, point. and so usually I mow, really about every two weeks, just because it's so hot and I'm so busy and have other things going
1: well and Bermuda like it'll it'll grow up to a certain height and then it'll it'll produce all those seed heads yeah your lawn to go from green to white because all the seed heads are on top
0: yeah that's kind of where that's kind of where I get to and then and then and i wait a few late. more days and I'm like I guess I should mow <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't I even what I was going to talk about well, no, I, was... <laughs> I, I will
1: say there were a few seed heads in my yard because it had been so long since I mowed go on <laughs>
0: No, seed heads are good, right? Because it reseeds the yard and you water it. And anyway, um, the reason I, I was all I was going to contribute was this, and it sounds like a tangent because it kind of is. Uh, usually when I'm old, I mow, it's it's during it's usually in the morning or you know mid after or late afternoon or something. So the sun's out pretty good, and so me being a very bald man with a shaved head, I wear a. Uh, like a sun hat like it's a panama jack one that i found on sale somewhere anyway so with this being like i didn't start till after close to eight i didn't start till 7 30 ish and the sun was about down so i just wore a cap for the first time in forever to mow the lawn so i i grew up my dad was a world class class like hall of fame sweater (laughs) we he, he would you know it happens there was so many times that he would he wore a cap that was his thing was was a cap and there were so many times that he would sweat so much that it would it would drip off his bill oh that's a like lot it, <laughs> it would completely soak the bill and drip off of it and I always thought that was so crazy and you know maybe once or twice in my life it had happened before and usually it was like extraordinary circumstances but anyway for whatever reason on this nice cool uh, Thursday evening in Lubbock I wore a cap and I completely sweated out the bill to where when I was at, at I was at the end of it I didn't even know I'd done it I was at the end of the uh, mowing and stuff and I was messing with my phone because I had a podcast going I wanted to turn it off so I was looking down and it just started dripping <laughs> on my phone I was like oh man I it's like I don't. I didn't even feel like I sweated that much, but uh, I discovered that I too have that ability now. And I don't know if it's just being being a dad that that just kind of. I I already was. I, I probably wasn't Hall of Fame sweater, but I was in the you know I was in the top top fifty. Um, but I was already there because Dad always called it the curse. He's like, son, I'm afraid you've got the curse, <laughs> and and he's right. I totally do, but I still wasn't. Uh, I wasn't expecting to lean down and then just see drops <laughs> coming off of my cap. <laughs> so that was it. That was uh, that was my going yard story of the week.
1: Very nice, very nice. <laughs> I will encourage you to mow more often than it once every two weeks.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah Bermuda, I'll try.
1: Because like, it responds really well to cutting more often. It'll, it it'll, does. It, it'll and get I, thicker, which is that, good.
0: That could be why the guy's yard across the street looks so well because they have, they're the people that they show up and they, you know, there's like a three or four person team and they're gone while I'm home for lunch. It takes me an hour and a half minimum to do what they do in like 25 minutes. And it's just so depressing. And and his their yard looks great. So I think that could be it because they actually do mow it more than once every week. Or two yeah, weeks. so
1: <laughs> I, when you think about doing like having a yard service, one of the things everybody thinks about like one that, yeah, they're going to mow. But like they're going to also put all this kind of fertilizer yeah. The biggest no the biggest thing though that helps lawns is water and consistent mowing. Like like if, if even if, if you did it once a week, if it was once every week like every Saturday, yeah. your lawn kinda like gets into that routine like, okay, it grows like at a certain rate, you cut it, it grows at a certain rate, but like once every three days,
0: once every two weeks, it's gonna be like, What am I doing? <laughs> I'm new. I don't know what to do. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I should take your advice. I don't know if I will, but I
1: should. <laughs> well, like at least, at least mow. I, you don't have to like you know edge and and trim every time you mow.
0: Ah, uh, that's what that's what takes the longest. I know mowing Which is, is funny because is... I, I
1: don't like tonight was the first time I actually used the trimmer around that like the, the, the edge of our flower bed and our houses. I hadn't done it yet. Tonight like took considerably longer because I had to like go put gas in the trimmer. Re- replace all this, the, the strings on it. Yep. Fire it up for the first time in like three years almost. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, those are hard to start anyway. Yeah.
1: So everybody, for what we learned this week, there you go. You probably have Bermuda. Cut it every three to four days during the summer while it's growing.
0: <sighs>
1: That's just too much. That's too much mowing. Well, it, it only it only grows really really fast like this in the summer when it's really hot. No, which is unfortunate because you have to be outside in the heat. But when it starts to cool off, it won't grow as fast. And obviously, that first freeze, it's going to go dormant. It'll stay dormant from then all the way until about like
0: May, mid-May. Yeah, which is wonderful because after that first freeze, you you mow, and edge, and that's it. You're done. Uh, oh, and just just so to so you're aware, the last time I edged the yard. Because you know I've got the edger that goes along the sidewalk and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just from the sand that was there. I, I filled, it filled this in was, your, your edge. I, well I filled a, uh, I filled just one five-gallon bucket chock full of sand <laughs> just from edging my yard. It was so that that's there's a good 70 pounds of sand and there was actually a post hole that had kind of eroded away on my fence. And I, I I dumped it in there, and then there's I dumped as much sand as I could fit in there, to kind of plug that hole, and then uh, did you water it in? No, there was yeah I did because the sprinklers were in the next day, and it, you can't okay. even tell I did it now. And then the uh, the ruts, there's some pretty deep ruts in the alley from the garbage truck, and so I dumped the rest of it in the <laughs> ruts. So that's, that's that's what I'm gonna do from now on when I get when I get like you know several pounds of sand from uh, just edging my yard I'm going to dump it in the ruts in the alley and I feel like I'm, I'm helping I'm helping infrastructure
1: One more thing before we move on from this and close up the episode I hadn't noticed this until my wife took out the trash when I was in Dallas last week the little bit of strip of land that technically ours but I didn't plant any grass back there because I'm not going to mow in the alley Right. We have weeds in the alley Nearly the height of the fence. You've got, you've got to be kidding. Like, she, she told me about this because she couldn't get the gate open to, to take the trash out. I was like, no, nah, that's not true. I drove by the night when we went, went to go pick up her mail because, of course, we don't have a mailbox at our house. We have, like, a community mailbox 14 miles away. Not really that far. <laughs> Another point I want to bring up is on Facebook. Anyways, I saw it. And I was like, "Wow, that's a lot of weeds." I'm like, probably gonna go buy some Roundup, and just
0: yeah, that's what I do. That's my last. Like, house there's I no point the in like
1: in, in, in trying to cut it down with a mower or the weed eater. I'm not gonna pull it. I'm not trying to preserve any grass back there, so I'm just gonna, just gonna drown it in Roundup. Like, you all suck. Die. Yeah. At
0: at the most, I would um, I would at least I would chop it down when because my back alley at the old house got it would get really bad and it was it was the same way because I got to where I was taking the trash out at night and you know I have to go to do that here in a few minutes so yeah you know it's, it's dark it. and you get out there and you're like man it seems kind of tall and then one day you go out there during the day and you're just you're almost embarrassed <laughs> like oh my gosh yeah. so I have taken a garden hoe out there and then raked it up just because there was so much that's too much effort man it, it, it is it is a lot of effort but I got I got a citation once at the old house And it was so ridiculous. I took pictures of it. I was ready to fight it and all this other stuff, but they didn't actually ask money from me. They just, you know, it was like a warning because my weeds were, they, yeah, there were some weeds, but they were not, anyway, you know, anything above nine inches, they can give you a citation for, well, I think I had a couple of weeds, (laughs) 11 inches. I so, a few, like, five or six feet. Yeah, I know, and that would I'll happen take a sometimes. a when I go take the trash out. Yeah, I would like to the see The other it.
1: thing, uh, which I think has probably helped me not get a citation at this point, is our gauges for everything, except for, I think, water, are on the side of the house in the front. It's like nobody okay. from the city is going back there except for trash, and I think they have to read the water meter back there. Yeah. So I'm surprised they could still get to it if it's really that tall. But anyways, one more thing. I, I thought about this when I was talking about it. Uh, talk about something else i got a letter this week i don't know if you and i are friends on facebook michael but i, I commented I, about it
0: i saw a post but i didn't get to dive into it so what was it was on? a
1: little, little bit long so I was, I, was a, I was on a soapbox when we bought the house they, they they told us hey we have plans to kind of put the the neighborhood into a public improvement district It'll raise your taxes just a little bit help us build some parks and really kind of finish out the neighborhood i was like great whatever that sounds fine um We got the letter. Said, "Hey, we're proposing this public improvement district for your neighborhood. Here's the boundaries. Here's what we're gonna do." On the backside of the letter, they had a balance sheet and said, "Here's what we're planning on doing, and here's how much it's gonna cost." And it was like somewhere around two hundred thousand dollars. I don't know enough about parks and everything to say if that's true. True, it's gonna cost. I'm like, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. What got what got me. Was over the five years they're going to collect more than five hundred thousand dollars from us, and t- taxes like, if it's going to cost you two hundred thousand dollars to put these parks in, what are you going to do with the extra three hundred thousand dollars you're going to take from us? And he oh said, in kind of small letters, to be held in cash reserves is like, what does that mean? For Why what? do I want to give the city three hundred thousand dollars? Are you in city limits?
0: Yes, barely. Barely. Okay. So y'all are pro- probably part of the, one of the latest sets of annexations, I guess.
1: Probably. I was like, are you serious though? Oh my god, $300,000.
0: Yeah. That's a lot to just be sitting it's, there.
1: It's probably how we're going to pay for, you know, uh, tearing down the, um, the Coliseum. <laughs> it's going to be coming from our neighborhood.
0: Well, thanks, well, man. Well, no,
1: no. Cause I, I guess that went back to tech.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think tech's going to be settled with tearing it down. Shooting. but th- they would. Maybe, the, maybe they'll go back into
1: the maybe go back into the city building that they're doing, or that building they gutted downtown that looks like trash. And you can just yeah, like see right Tower. through it. Yeah, it's you can see go right back to, it right to now.
0: Citizens Tower. Yeah.
1: Well, they're gonna get three hundred thousand dollars from us, poor Saps, and so they have a public meeting for this on Thursday. I was like, crap, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be here. So I'm, we're going back to Dallas on a Wednesday night, tomorrow night. I was like, if I was here, I'd be at that meeting. And be like, excuse me, miss. <laughs> Um, what's this cash reserves of three hundred thousand dollars? What are you gonna do with that money? You gonna return it to us? Because I know you're not gonna How do that. they collect
0: it? Do they just give you a bill? And they're gonna like add the to our, of our property taxes. Bill? Oh, um, property taxes. They're gonna
1: tax at twelve cents per hundred dollars of property value. So which oh. okay on on a hundred thousand dollar you know property value, which none of our houses are are only a hundred thousand dollars. It's like hundred twenty bucks. So it's not much. Okay, that's think, true. I think ours will go up, a hundred and
0: eighty dollars, maybe. Okay, so it's not, it's not, it's it's more just about the fact that, why do you need more than double what you said this was going to cost?
1: Like, are you already planning to go over budget? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or are you just trying? Are you hoping that nobody notices and you'll just collect three hundred extra thousand dollars?
0: Yeah. Are you going to develop another neighborhood that we won't live in? I, I yeah. don't know. That that's that's crazy. sounds that sounds weird. If if it's on that, we have that sad city channel or whatever. Do, what time is it? Because I'll see if I could TiVo it or something.
1: I'll have to go back and look at the letter. It's Thursday night, like Thursday evening. Okay,
0: I'll see if I can TiVo it for you just in case. I would <laughs> you might love need to, to see, see it. that.
1: <laughs> like to see if, like anybody shows up and or if just like passes unanimously and like no yeah, objections not are raised. <laughs> <sighs> so dumb. All right. We went entirely too long.
0: It happens. We hadn't
1: talked in like three weeks. I know. We just kind of like just had it built up, I guess. Um, The other thing, finally, I I know I kept saying one more thing. I do think Michael and I are going to have a, a fantasy draft for this college football season. I think the two of us are going to go head to head for big 12. I think we're going to draft a a big 12 only team. Um, We'll do that here on the show one night here in a, six weeks or so probably right before the season starts once probably once we get a little bit more of a better feel about who else is in the conference besides texas
0: tech and who's (laughs) still on the team
1: (laughs) yeah because like it's sad i know of like the starting quarterback or i know of quarterbacks for tech and i know of kyler murray and i guess charlie brewer since i mentioned but like i couldn't tell you who's, who's gonna play quarterback at kansas kansas state iowa state west virginia is that guy that everybody loves will greer Oh, Texas. yeah. Is it Bouchelle still or the other guy? See, I don't know. TCU, Sean Roberts. See, I don't. I can't even – okay, that's quarterback, though. But like we, would, we would also draft running backs and receivers and pick our, our defenses. It's going to be good. We'll, we'll have yeah. that. We'll have a, a fantasy draft on the show, I think. A good time to pick that up. We'll be able to follow that throughout the season, see how we do. Um, and then, obviously, go into some – Preseason projections for the games and break that down a little bit more so than what we did tonight. Um, anything else you're looking forward to this the rest of the rest of this summer, Michael?
0: Uh, well, our next episode is the 23rd episode, and we 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 have something huge in the works. I'm we do totally making that up, but we could possibly have something huge in the works for that. And I w- I wanted to know a little bit more about um, you mentioned a fantasy things draft that sounded kind of intriguing that we so, might do. I,
1: I, I kind of brought this up with the Stake in the Plains group last summer or maybe the year before because it's it's the guys that do the Solid Verbal podcast. Uh, Dan Rubenstein and Ty Hildebrandt, both with SB Nation. Um, they do a Fantasy Things draft where they look at certain storylines or something that happens and you just kind of, you, you draft a scenario and kind of track that through the season. It's going to be a little more harder, a little more difficult to do, but we kind of threw this out a couple of years ago, maybe at the time it was like mentions of Chip Kelly coming back to college <laughs> and um, times you see some, like a student in a white lab coat for a university commercial um, or mentions of the strength and conditioning staff on, on your team or, how many, how many um, coaching analyst positions does the SEC have? Or how is the new headset rule going to affect Gus Malzahn and Auburn? <laughs> stuff like that.
0: I, I, so, you know, as you were saying that, I thought of one. And I'm writing it down so I don't forget it. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. Okay, cause, good. Because it's a good one.
1: So that, that would possibly be a second dr- fantasy draft that we would do. It would be a fantasy things draft. And this is a straight ripoff of The Solid Verbal. so. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Not doing anything new except for probably coming up with their own topics or whatever to draft. Um, the interesting thing that they do it, they do it at a live show. So they, they do a, a weekly podcast, but they do a one annual show where they do have a live audience, like a big bar or something. They're going to do it this year in Chicago, and they haven't found a,
0: a venue yet. but. I think because you told me about that last year, I listened to that. Because I'm I'm vaguely remembering these details, yep, of it, and I think the Chip Kelly one was was on that one. I Which can't remember any of them, but back I remember UCLA it. This year. Yeah, it was <laughs> definitely a live, a live audience and stuff. It it was pretty fun. So yeah, we might be able to, we sh- we should be able to pull that off, some sort of that. I wish we could also
1: do a live show because that could be pretty cool. But I don't think anybody would show up for that. <laughs> 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 I mean, it could be the two of us at like Cap and r- we record live there, but.
0: Maybe one we'd of our wives have, would be there. We'd probably have people saying, Shut up, I'm trying to eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can't hear the I can't hear the game. The Rangers are losing seven to three. I need to Hey, they they hear went the like a
1: little win streak recently. Oh they did? They won like seven or eight games in a row. Oh, that can't be true. And then lost one and then won like another two games.
0: Nah, no, no, that, that can't no, be true. Right. No, what's
1: happening <laughs> is like the talks about trading Chew and Beltra are coming up, so like they're gonna do really good now. To either have John Daniels hold on to them longer. Like, oh, we can can be competitive this year. Look look how good we're doing. Hopefully what's going to happen is it's going to drive their value up. We get more stuff when we
0: trade them. Yeah, then they're still going to be traded either way.
1: Hope so. Anyways, lots of good stuff coming up this summer, even as we're without Tech Athletics. Um, We may or may not record next week with the holiday week. If not, everybody responsibly enjoy your independence day 4th of july here in the good old u.s of a It's an old man way of saying that and i love it
0: it's possibly my favorite holiday i love it so much we're it's probably so going to go to McKinsey to watch the fireworks yeah i'm not sure what we'll do on the fireworks we, we talked about we we went to wolferth they have one and it's usually on like the fifth or something they have theirs on a different day and it's just easier to get in and out of We've, it's pretty good too
1: And wasn't there issues last year with, like, weather where, like, it got delayed and,
0: like, a week later it was like,
1: I guess we can do it now, and, like, nobody showed up?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think so. It was a Rager Dykes deal, and um, we actually went to the Randy Rogers concert. We drove up there, and then we didn't get out of the car, and then they ended up canceling it because it was lightning, and practically a haboob blew in. It was nuts. It was, like, a big wall (laughs) of dust and you know it was lightning thundering raining you name it and they and then the randy rogers concert got uh postponed till december and they had it at the coliseum at the fairgrounds so yeah Good nobody stuff. got their money back i don't think i anyway it was weird yeah
1: well like i said we got plenty of stuff going on we'll we'll be a little bit better keeping everybody apprised of what's happening on the on the twitter yeah um If you haven't yet, I would appreciate you liking, commenting, reviewing, subscribing, all that kind of stuff on iTunes and Google. We do have a Facebook page that's pretty barren right now. I think we have 11 people following it. (laughs) Thanks, family.
0: Yeah, good job, everybody.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you want to head over there, we're going to definitely pick up uh, a little bit later this summer in the fall, be a little more engaging there for, for football. Getting ready because I think we'll we'll move to two two shows a week in the fall. Excited for that. New format. A little <laughs> bit. We're going to do post-game shows and then our weekly preview and fantasy wrap-up for that week. It'll be good. Looking forward to it. I'm excited. We, we will probably hit uh, a, a big landmark here in terms of downloads and listens. I think we'll hit 5,000 this week. Dang. Not bad for a little startup podcast for texas tech athletics out here in the desert
0: yeah especially considering we've only spent like seven or eight grand on advertising that's pretty good
1: if only that were true (laughs) i'm just kidding we haven't spent any money no (laughs) well except for hosting and that's that's good that was more just because we wanted to have a stable platform and we do
0: yep works well
1: does thanks podbean all right I think we've tried to like end this episode for 10 or 12 minutes now. Um, For Michael, I'm Spencer. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us on the 23 Personnel Podcast.